Running. It's symbolic of the race we run in life. Are you looking for inspiration to help grow your interest and knowledge in running? On this show, I share tips, experiences, and interview runners who come from all sorts of different backgrounds and tell amazing stories. Runners, it's time to unleash your inner champion. I'm your host, Abe Hahn, and this is What The Run. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of What The Run. Um, I'm excited for this episode because we have slowly made our way into territory where we're interviewing people, and I've been very fortunate and gracious, gracious isn't the right word, thankful to have friends come on the show and talk about their running experiences, but also their life. So with me today, I have Tim Park. Tim is a friend that I have known since 2010, so we've known ourselves known ourselves we've known each other for almost a decade (laughs) wow this interview is going off to a flying start uh but we're gonna keep it i'm gonna keep it just to keep it uh keep it real someone's a little nervous (laughs) okay maybe a little bit it's funny because this is my second one you would think after the first one it would be good but i might be hitting a little bit of a sophomore slump here um but yeah we're we're gonna go right into it um as i've mentioned before uh i use these interviews as kind of a way or an excuse to talk with some friends so this is just think of it as two friends talking about life talking about a little bit of running and we'll see how weird it gets from here so mr tim park (laughs) (laughs) it's it's good to be on the show Abe. thanks for having me on honestly this is this is a treat for me oh thanks thanks brother appreciate it um so we're going to take a little trip down memory lane, and I Oof. did this with Paul, who was um, the first interviewee of the show. But let's go back to some childhood memories and go back to your hometown. Where did you live? Uh, what, where was your hometown? Where did you grow up? So I think most people that I know would, I would say to them that I grew up in Boston, which is actually not the case. Boston is the only town that people actually would know that is like kind of in relative vicinity of where I grew up in. I grew up in a town called Lunenburg. Now, people in Massachusetts don't even know where that is, which, I mean, if I talked to any of my friends here, would have absolutely no idea. So uh, Lunenburg, small town, middle of nowhere, about 45 minutes outside Boston. Okay, sounds good. So being far away from Boston, um, I'm kind of wondering the things you did, the places you ate at. Did you have a go-to order at a favorite hometown restaurant? Like, was there a place that you frequented? Or <laughs> tell, tell me what that's like. Or are you just like literally, is it literally farm to table where you're just going out there and slaughtering a cow and bring it home for a meal? You know, actually, it's pretty funny that you mentioned farm to table because that's almost exactly what that was population of cows to the population of people was probably roughly around the same. I lived in a town where there was about three farms and we had about two traffic lights in our entire town and about three restaurants, literally three restaurants actually. And so I never had a staple restaurant that I would go to mainly because the one restaurant of the three it w- that was the only one that's still here today. And it's been around for a long time because it was family owned. The other two were like rotating every 30 some odd days. So 
it'd be one day, hey, are you feeling Thai? And then the next day, it'd be, hey, you feeling Indian? Because that was the restaurant that was available to us at the time. <laughs> so nothing stable. Nothing stable. Okay, sounds good. So very small town. And that's surprising to me because I've known you for nine years and I always assumed that you lived just on the outskirts of Boston and, and grew up in this kind of city life. But I learned something new today. So. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, my, I was literally the only Asian kid in my entire school system. And man, yeah, it, that was it. Like mm. I was the one token Asian child. I lived with a bunch of white people. That's how I grew up. I grew up riding dirt bikes and four wheelers through cornfields. Yeah, not in the city. <laughs> not the city. <laughs> All right, then. Um, so what do you remember most about your childhood and growing up in Lunenburg, was it? Yeah, Lunenburg. Good memory. What do I remember most? Honestly, there's not that much I remember, Abe, because I, sp <laughs> to be honest, I probably spent most of my time uh, getting drunk and smoking weed <laughs> in the aforementioned cornfields behind schools it was just chill. Like there wasn't too much. I remember just nothing that was that difficult. Just kind of cruised through and did, did my time. I make it sound like I was in jail, <laughs> 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 but honestly, like that was, it really was a jail. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I got out. It was kind of like one of those insular towns. Everyone knows everybody like, and their families have been there for generation after generation. And you know, for someone who's looking to always, like, seek new experiences and things like that, that wasn't a place that I wanted to stay in. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting you bring that up because you ended up at the University of Virginia. I did. You are a Cavalier, and congratulations to their men's basketball oh, yeah. team. Thank that, you, thank you. I <laughs> took the championship. <laughs> uh, but that aside, that was that your first permanent or semi-permanent foray into living outside of Lundberg? Oh, yeah. That was my first step out of the proverbial nest, so to speak. And I've never gone back since. Mm. And what did you study at UVA? Chemical engineering. Chemical engineering. Do you use any of that in what you do today? Absolutely not. <laughs> that probably was one of the worst decisions of my life. <laughs> Partial, partway through year two, I determined that this was too hard and I didn't want to do it. But at that point, it was like, it was too late. I already gone through a whole bunch of courses that was core, right? And then at that point, I was like, I didn't want to be a super senior. I just... I was like, suck it up, get her done, and then you don't have to do this ever again. So I just kind of rolled with the punches there and finished off the degree and got into something else. So take me through kind of the journey from you graduating from UVA. And right now you're in Southern California. You're in Orange County, California. You've been here for, gosh, maybe a little bit over five years can you briefly take us through what that was like, maybe some of the pit stops that you've had along the way and anything that you particularly remember of this whole journey from coast to coast, if you will? Abe, are you sure this is a podcast about running? Because now it seems like this is a, just a story of my life. <laughs> what have you done in your entire 20s? Please let us know. That's right. <laughs> 
Um, okay, let me summarize this real quick. I guess I graduated, I got some job offers. For some strange reason, I decided to decline all of them, ended up working in nonprofit for a while in San Francisco in anti-human trafficking. Then I decided to reconnect with some older friends named like, like you, uh, Kathy. And then I came down to LA because I didn't want to go anywhere else. So I drove cross country from Virginia all the way to here to California. And then I found a job within the very first week that I moved to Southern California. Luckily enough, I think it was through Craigslist. And I am still here today. So long story short, there it is. <laughs> that was very efficient. <laughs> That's uh, the best I could have possibly asked for. And since I'm getting some flack from my friend here, <laughs> asking whether this is a running podcast. Oh, you can keep asking me questions, Abe. I'm just, I'm just and by the way, giving you a hard time. <laughs> one of the things I really appreciate about Tim is that he gives it to me straight, that he's a no BS kind of guy. And that is actually really hard to find, especially in SoCal. That, East Coast in me. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so going into running, so we're going to ease into it. Did you do any kind of running while you were growing up? Yeah, actually. So I've, I mean, I've been doing sports almost all my life. Uh, I think I started out with soccer and then um, ran into a whole bunch of other things. But probably the peak running of my lifetime was during high school. I ran track and... I did the 100 and the 400 meter race as my uh, two main events. So I've, I've got a good running background, I guess. How did you do in high school? Like, were you a stud? Were you middle of the pack? To what level did you run? Were you just kind of an all-star or? I mean, I don't ever consider myself an all-star. I mean, I did well. I did pretty well. I made states for uh, the, the 400. And so I, I, I'm quick-ish. But it's like I have such a lazy nature and like <laughs> like some motivation varies day to day depending on how much I smoke that day and things like that. So it was it was really not a matter of a lot of effort. It was just a matter of like just doing something that I was like kind of naturally ish good at. And I kind of ran with that. Mm. Pun intended. <laughs> I didn't expect that from you, but I appreciate it. I thought I'd take a little bit out of your book there, I, Abe. I appreciate that. <laughs> March 15, 2015. Worst day of my life. You recognize that day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I recognize that day. <laughs> For those who don't know, that was the date of the 2015 LA Marathon. Obviously, that date rings a bell for you. What in particular do you remember about that day? Abe. What don't I remember about that day? That day <laughs> goes down in infamy as the day, probably the day that I remember most vividly. <laughs> I, there, there are some people close to me that would say that I have a really bad memory. Um, but this day, this day is special. I remember getting to, we started at Dodger Stadium, right? Every LA marathon starts at dodger stadium and we started i think it was like six in the morning right yeah roughly six in the morning and it, we started early that day because the weather reports said that it was going to be really hot so the people that were running the race were like okay we we got to push it up a little bit or push it down a little bit so that people are running the race while it isn't as hot 
as it could be. And we start running the race. I remember 6 in the morning, it was still blazing hot at that point in time. It had to be at least like 80 degrees at 6 in the morning. It wasn't boating well for any part of that day. And the peak of that day was about 94 degrees. So imagine running 26 miles, 26.2, in 94 degree weather. That was point number one. (laughs) 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 Point number two. Point number two was they had a lot of these fire hydrants that were open because the city was like, oh, well, you know, these people that are running, they need to stay cool. They need to be able to hydrate. They need to be able to bring their body heat down in order that they don't die of heat stroke. And so fire hydrants were open. They're basically like industrial size sprinklers. And people would just run through these fire hydrants, get wet, and the water, which happens to be a little cooler gets to cool people off and i was wearing this uniqlo airism shirt so it was like really nice and breathable pliable really soft and supple on the skin and at the very end of that race i took a moment to just feel out where i was i had a moment to just figure out what was going on with my body and i realized that like my chestal region, my my nipples were a little sensitive. I'm like, whoa, what was going on? And they hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about, whoa, 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 how did this happen? Like every other time I had done any sort of physical activity in that shirt, it was perfectly fine. I realized that running through all of those fire hydrants I did that day, getting wet, it, it made my nipples hard. <laughs> So, you know, as my uh, slightly harder than normal nipples were now rubbing against the shirt, the nipples were chafing the entire time. And I I didn't realize until the end of the race. Thank God they didn't bleed. Maybe I should interview you, Abe, because I've heard that you've had such an experience. (laughs) To be safe for a later time. (laughs) (laughs) Thirdly, I ended up hitting my wall at mile 20. I think I was doing at a pretty good pace considering the the lack of training that I had at that point in time. And I hit mile 20 around hour three and a half-ish, which is not terrible. I I I think I was doing pretty well. And I decided at that point that I deserved a break. You know, job well done. You hit mile 20, you're allowed a break. So I remember jogging and then slowly, gradually coming to a walk to a drink station at mile 20. I grabbed two cups of water and I kept walking, didn't stop, drank one, kept walking, drank the other, kept walking. And then maybe about another 100, 200 meters or so, I decided it's about time to get going again. You've, you've had your break. Let's go. As soon as I started running... My left hamstring and my left calf cramped at the literal exact same time. (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not, they cramped. And it was one of the most painful things that have ever happened to me in my entire life. I literally limped the entire rest of those six miles. And that took me about three hours to do. 
uh, it was like slower than a walking pace. I mean, if you can imagine, I was lit, I was dragging my left leg with my right. And the only thing that was going through my mind at the time was go get your medal, go get your beer, go get your medal, go get your beer. Because they promised a free beer at the end of the finish line, which brings me to point four. I get to the end of that finish line. And I don't know if any of you guys have ever ran the LA Marathon, but the finish line to the at the marathon is at least another half a mile to where you go get your beer. <laughs> so you have to like crawl, I don't know how you would describe it, drag your broken body another half a mile at least to go grab your beer and lo and behold, it's Keystone Light. Like <laughs> the the sheer disappointment <laughs> that I felt that day. <laughs> I I don't even know how to describe. <laughs> worst day of my life, Abe. Worst day. <laughs> I hope that describes to you in vivid detail how I felt. You know, I think we've beat that day down to death now. <laughs> I think so too yeah we don't have to talk about that anymore yeah I, I, okay that's so that, that's trauma Abe, that, that please, is trauma please don't bring that back up again we're gonna let that ship sail <laughs> um you've had some diverse race experiences so outside of the LA Marathon you've done races uh even spanning different states whether it's been here in SoCal or elsewhere in the U.S. what's been your most memorable race to date are there any other races that you particularly remember and look back on? That's a good question because I think I've run much less than you think I have. So I've done stuff like Tough Mudder, Spartan Race. I guess those are kind of races here and there. I've done the Color Run. And I think the thing that sticks out to me the most was I did a zombie race in Washington, D.C., and so zombie race, meaning that there's, there's a certain set number of zombies at the beginning of the race. And they're, they're the ones that are running after people and basically uh, pulling a flag. So it's like flag football, but in a race style. And there's no ball involved. And so the, the humans are running the race, hoping to outrun the zombies. And as soon as one of the zombies goes and pulls a flag off of a human that person then becomes a zombie themselves. And so I, I think the concept of that was really fun. Just like chasing after people because like I find running really mundane. <laughs> <laughs> like running for the sake of running is, is mundane. I love like I'd much rather chase after something and have there be some sort of purpose or an obstacle like that. That kind of gets me going more than, oh, go run 10K. Here you go. Oh, I've also done Beat the Blurch. That was pretty fun, too. They have, like, cake. It's, it's a complete joke of a run. Cake, uh, couches. I mean, it, it, it's meant for... I don't even know what... It's meant for the non-runner, but kind of runner. How long is Beat the Blurch? Well, Beat the Blurch, they hold it in Seattle, uh, and they've held, I think they've had it for the past two or three years. And you can either run the 5K, 10K, half marathon, or a full marathon. And it's more of a trail run than it is a, uh, like, on a pavement type sort of thing. Got it. Got it. Rumor has it, and I have confirmed this by looking at pictures. Wait, what? That you and some friends ran that race in a onesie. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a onesie. It was fun. <laughs> I mean, like, it's Beat the Blurch. It's like, it's called Beat the Blurch. Like, the Blurch is this cartoon character with, like, butt hairs and, like, broken fairy wings. And it is, like, the, fa- like, the fattest cartoon character you can possibly imagine. <laughs> it's a complete joke. Yeah, there was a couple of us. I, ha- I had a unicorn onesie. Uh, there was uh, other, like, I think there might have been a tiger onesie. My memory is so bad. Like, if, if it's not a dramatic experience, <laughs> I can't actually remember the details. <laughs> oh, I did Ragnar, too. Ragnar was fun. Mm. Ragnar was... A, we, did, we did it together. We did do it together. Yeah, Ragnar was actually a good, good time. For our listeners who don't know what Ragnar is, how would you describe Ragnar? Ragnar is a relay race, and it is a race run over the course of a day, day and a half or so. And it's 200 miles. So each person runs a partial leg of that race. And they have about three legs. And so it's basically one person starts running. Everyone else on the team gets in a car, two cars, goes to the next checkpoint, waits there until that runner is finished with their leg, and then just keeps going. And you're, someone is constantly running at any one point in time. So there's like people knocked out in the back taking rest, um, baby shower or baby wipe showers in the back. I mean, you name it, it's it's disgusting and glorious at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So stepping back a little bit and thinking about running in general, is there anything that goes on in your head while you're running? Nothing. Nothing. Well, honestly, it's more of like, when is this going to be over? Please, for the love of God let this be over (laughs) (laughs) nothing i i I can't think when i run there's nothing philosophical there's nothing deep it's just like please i'm i'm so over this right now (laughs) (laughs) i just need to finish as fast as i can that's basically what goes through my head got it and when it comes to selecting races what criteria do you have for being able to say yeah i'm gonna get myself to sign up and run that race you know the thing about races is that like I'm not super interested in them at all, really. And the only motivation that I have is because someone asked me already because they had the foresight to plan it, decide that they wanted to do it, and they invited me to do it. So usually I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? It's, it sounds like fun. It's an experience in and of itself. And so I think even the marathon, running the marathon, someone was like, hey, let's do it together. And I was like, okay, sure, why not? I've always wanted to do it. Check it off on the bucket list. Uh, Ragnar, someone or had already created a group for it, asked me, said sure. So I, I guess I wouldn't say there's any criteria necessarily. It's more of a matter of who invited me to do it and do I have time at that, you know, that specific day. Right. Okay. So I'm going to have you activate your good cop, bad cop mode right now. I, I don't know what that means. You'll find out. So <laughs> tell me one thing you think that's overrated about running and one thing you think that's underrated about running overrated uh health reasons and weight loss really yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. do you want to dive into that maybe a little bit yeah man it's like running okay so i think that running specifically is it's an easy thing to get into right because there you don't need a lot of equipment the only thing that you need is basically some shoes and possibly a gym membership 
I mean, you can run outside or whatever. But the thing is that as a runner, the only runners that you find that are actually like really fit are the ones that are constantly running day after day after day after day after day after day. Like the general fitness type person that runs, like they're, they're usually only burning those calories at the time that they're running. And so there's this really, there's this misconception also that like all this running is going to be like, is going to help me lose weight. But the fact of the matter is that as your body gets used to running, used to the, the heart, uh, it's not palpitations, but the, the beating of the heart, the increased heart rate, like it gets used to it and you have to start running more. You have to start running longer and harder in order to get the same um, effect that you used to have when you first started running. So your, your resting metabolism doesn't change. The only time you're ever losing calories is when you're actually running and you're losing less calories as you run more and more and more over a period of time. So you have to run harder and faster. The other question was, what is something that's underrated about running? Yes. You know, Abe... <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> okay, so running is not a solo thing for me. Running is something that has helped me get closer to a lot of people, especially uh, doing Ragnar, especially training together. That's something that like there as much as I've hated running and disliked the actual part of running. But there's a social aspect of running that I can't deny that has like definitely impacted me and impacted the friendships around me. And so I think doing something together is always, for me, is always the best thing. So running, training with you, uh, training with everyone in Ragnar, running that race together, uh, going to Seattle together with a group of friends, running Beat the Blurch. Like there's a pattern in this. Like I never run things alone uh so for me that's something underrated is definitely the social aspect of what it means to run not just the fitness portion of it mm. good answer for Thank a second you. there i thought you, were, you weren't gonna have anything oh you know i pulled that out of my ass <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good that was pretty good oh man okay um so i know you're not preaching the running gospel so to speak but nope <laughs> and you're not shy to admit it but Let's say you have a friend who has decided that he or she is going to start running and start training, whether it's for a race or whether it's, it's just for personal fulfillment, health, what have you. What is maybe one piece of advice that you would give to that friend? So this is kind of a little bit of personal, it comes from personal regret uh, experience, so to speak. and. I would suggest sticking to one shoe. Shoes make a lot of a difference. And the shoe that you train in, keep it consistent. Don't, don't change it up or anything. Because I definitely think that I injured myself while I was training for the, for the marathon because I changed the shoe. That was, that, that was a part of it. It wasn't all of it, but it was a part of it. And I would also say, if you're training for a race... Make sure that you do it gradually. I am the kind of person that doesn't like to do things gradually. I'm a zero to a hundred kind of person. I'm a hot or cold, extreme, not extreme. 
And I definitely pushed my body to an extent where I shouldn't have early on in my training. And it actually didn't help me at all. I actually ended up injuring myself, which then delayed my training for a long period of time. And it definitely wasn't helping me at all. Mm. So uh, in conclusion, the the shoes matter a lot. Make sure that you get the right shoe. Don't change it up. Stick to it and uh, train consistently, but train in a way that you're moving gradually as well. Those are good and solid pieces of advice. Ah, thanks, Abe. So I think that'll definitely come in handy for anyone who's newer to running or trying to get into it. We're going to get a little bit philosophical here. All right. Okay. Here we go. What matters to you in life? What are you passionate about? What are some causes that you really get behind? And the driving force behind this question is, um, I know that both in person and even on your social media channels, you are very involved, uh, not just in volunteerism, but some larger causes. I think some that I've seen are mental health, serving the city out there, serving the homeless, homelessness, those kinds of things. And so I wanted to get an idea of what's something that gets you up in the morning and you're like, I'm going to fight for this cause or I'm really going to champion this cause. That's that's a really good question, Abe, because like, honestly, I don't really understand it myself. That's something that I'm still trying to discover. Like, where does this come from? And I, I don't have an answer for you, but it just gets me up in the morning. It, like when I see injustice, when I see places, situations where someone is being taken advantage of, whether it actually shows in my persona or not, I, I feel a very visceral reaction in my body. And I get angry. Like there have been times where I've been angrier. There have been times when I've been able to kind of shove it down and contain it here and there. But like for me, I guess the, the struggle here has been how, how do I take this and channel this in a way that's effective, hmm. right? Because... Um, even now, like I feel like I'm so, sort of all over the place and I don't really have much of a focus. But yeah, you're right. I, social justice, anything related to that, you're right. Uh, homelessness, uh, whether the, um, that be just general homelessness, drug abuse, drug addiction, uh, human trafficking, labor or sex related, uh, serving the city, like all of those actually like there are in ways that it's inner interrelated and so by serving one area of that i've been fortunate enough where that i've helped in so many different areas and i've seen so many different things that like i'm able to focus on one portion of that and still be able to think that even though i'm not working in any of the other spheres of social justice type thing that what i'm doing is actually in a way impacting the rest of what that looks like I mean, for example, um, I've had the opportunity to go into like hotels, like smaller hotels, local hotels, family owned and type things. And I've talked to them about uh, human trafficking, right? And what 
signs there are to look out for when some random John, someone brings someone in or a pimp comes in and starts trafficking girls inside the hotel. And, you know, most people actually don't know what signs to look out for. And I remember going into this one hotel in Anaheim. I was telling them about here's the things. And about a year later, they, they give us a call and say, hey, uh, because of what you trained us on, we were actually, we saw an incident. We called the cops and they came in and they, they arrested a whole bunch of people for trafficking um, underage girls. So, I mean, so it's like those little things that like you never really think that actually might have an impact. It's like they somehow do in the grand scheme of how the world works. And it's actually pretty amazing. Wow. That is quite amazing. <laughs> I, know, I know. It's like I never would have thought. It's just like I remember going to that hotel being like, okay, you know, I, I've done this like 50 times. <laughs> it's like what, what good is this at all? And like, you know, I think most people, they, even me, myself, we have this grand idea of all these things that we want to accomplish and we want to impact the world. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that as much as we can get consumed by these grandiose ideas is that at the end of the day, what matters the most really is to impact that one life. To change some one person's life for the better. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a little selfish. You know, you, you like, you, you want to know. Like, what if I never got that call? Mm. Like, would, would I be okay? Would I, would I still be able to do like this? Is this something that'll still get me up? in in the morning if I didn't have that type of motivation. I don't know. I mean I like to think that yeah. But you know it's it's not easy. Right. Thanks for that honest response. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I appreciate that. Um imagine that you got to rent out a billboard along the freeway for like a whole month. Um and you can put anything on it. It could be a word, image, phrase, life motto, what have you. But this is your chance to communicate to the world that's out there. What would that message be to those who are driving along the freeway and happen to see your billboard? You do you, boo. <laughs> you do you, boo. <laughs> it's, it, we try so hard to be people that we're not. Hmm. We try so hard to be the best of ourselves. And sometimes, like, and oftentimes, actually, we find ourselves to be a disappointment. We, we miss the goals that we create for ourselves. We, we find uh, areas of our life to criticize ourselves. And so often, it's, it's so easy to pick out those, those areas where you didn't do quite so well. Right? It's easy to be a critic. But there's a certain genuineness I think that everyone craves. And so I think just to be genuine to yourself and in, in doing so, I think that creates more natural and organic relationships and interactions with people. And so, I, yeah, it's just, you do you. Do what you want to do. Um, oh gosh, like now, now that I think about it, like do what you want to do. Maybe you want, uh, like I don't want people to, like what if you want to hurt someone? Like, please, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think... You get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Do yeah, what you want to do. Like pursue your dreams. Pursue uh, what you've always wanted to do because it's going to make you happy and feel fulfilled, not what everyone else says. Right. It's good. 
So we're getting ready to wrap up um, this precious time that I've... Oh, I've talked a lot. ...been having with Tim. Um, and it's all good stuff. Is there anything that I should have asked you but I didn't? And something that you maybe had wanted or hoped to get off your chest or wanted to talk about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's another running tip that I wanted to uh, talk about. So when you are running, especially if you're running for a longer period of time, or if you have like a, at least maybe like more than eight miles of running to do, make sure you bring some cash. Bring some cash. <laughs> God damn it, bring some cash or a credit card with you. Because the one time that I ran 10 miles and it was with Abe. Abe, you remember this, right? I do. There was a guy that we were running with. <laughs> and I don't know if he's going to watch this podcast or not. <laughs> But we were, I think we were running and I got, it was like at least mile seven at that time. And we were running about 10 miles. I didn't know how much we had run. I thought we had maybe run about like eight or nine. And we're like, oh man, I'm so hungry. <laughs> like when, when are we going to be done? Oh no, no, no. Just another uh, 400 meters, 400 meters. It's just, just up to that direction. Okay. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. And we get to that point and it's like, wait, we're not there yet. How much more? How much more? Oh, just another 400 meters. Just another 400 meters. Yo, damn it, I'm hungry. <laughs> and this went on for <laughs> at least another like five or six times. And I got so mad. <laughs> so, okay, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably better to bring, also make sure you bring a, like a GPS watch of some sort. Like so you can track exactly and there's, the expectation is set correctly. But like I remember wanting to go to this Carl's Jr. that we passed so bad and not having any cash any money of any sort was one of the most devastating parts of my life at that moment. I can attest you being devastated. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you're more devastated or angry. It was definitely a combination of both. <laughs> oh man, I you know I I completely forgot about that story for a good while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember feeling helpless too because you're right. We had nothing on us. Nothing. No identif like if we got kidnapped, <laughs> there was be there would be no identification on any of us. Seriously, uh, no, yeah, no wallet, no identification, no cash. I don't even. I'm not even sure if we had our phone. We might have had our phones, maybe. I I don't remember. But I don't remember. We were running with barely anything. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I don't think I was running with my phone just because I was thinking, ah, oh, it's going to be a hassle to carry around. But that is actually really good advice. <laughs> You never know when you might want something along the way. I'm filled with wisdom, Abe. You are. You are. I do not disagree at all. All right. Um, anything else that you want to share? No, nah, I don't. I don't know if there's anything else. Okay. To uh, all the runners out there that are listening to this and listening to me ramble on and on and on, uh, if you're thinking about getting into running, good luck. If you're also currently running. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hope you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> so that being said, we're almost at the finish line. We've run 26.1 miles. We had that final 0.1 mile left to the finish line. Are we limping? We or? are limping, but we're almost there. <laughs> and this segment of the show, and it's the last part of the show, is called, it's, it's what I call the 100 meter dash. 
So it's essentially a speed round, lightning round, or rapid fire set of questions that I get to ask you. Um, for those listening, Tim has not seen these questions, so he has no idea what I'm going to ask him. Um, which he can take it for what it is. Um, but I'm going to say either a statement or a question or a phrase, and you, Tim, are going to come up with the first thing that pops up into your head. There is no right or wrong answer. It's just personally what you think. So are you ready for this? All right, let's do it. All right. So I think the first question might be a little bit of a softball question, All but right, we're, we're going to go for it. Favorite athlete? Tom Brady. Hidden talent. Oh, geez. Like, now that's hard. I can do the splits. You can do the splits. Yeah. Like, sideways, not sideways. like, not front ways. Isn't sideways harder? Uh, front ways is, front ways, front ways is harder. <laughs> like, where like, you have, for sure. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, sideways I can do. I can I mean, get pretty damn close to the ground. Really? That's pretty impressive. Thank you. I had no idea. <laughs> Favorite place to travel? Alaska. Drink of choice. Whiskey. Best thing you own under $100. First thing that comes to mind, my Lululemon shorts that I'm currently wearing. They look very comfortable. Thank you. <laughs> Favorite movie of all time? Zoolander. Your go-to workout song? Remember the name. Fort Minor. Yes. Oh, good one. Best gift you've ever received? The... the the most recent one comes to mind. It is a, uh, you know, those like, um, it's like those pop things that you have on the back of your cell oh, yeah. phone cases. To make it easier to hold. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a Patriots branded one. Really? Yeah. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. It's freaking awesome. I love it. <laughs> if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Teleportation. Favorite color? Blue. The last spontaneous thing you did? Yosemite. Okay. How long? How long ago was that? That was. Uh, a couple months ago. Oh, okay, so number not of months ago. ago, not terribly. Yeah. Okay. If you woke up tomorrow as an animal, what animal would you choose to be? Tiger. Fill in the blank. Running is terrible <laughs> for your health. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, a trait or characteristic you're most proud of? My. Ooh. My drive. Your drive. Yeah. Very good. Well, Tim, you have crossed the finish line of this episode. Congratulations, yes. you have Thank made the it. Lord. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't too painful of an I, experience. I, no, no, I felt like I was the only one talking, honestly. <laughs> I went over my life story. I talked about all these different things. Did you even talk this podcast? I, I feel like I overshadowed you, Abe. No, no, this is, this is an opportunity for... Me to showcase the guests. Oh, so, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah not thank you a very problem. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you. It's my first podcast experience. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's okay. Been, it's been fun. Okay. Well, if you ever end up going to bigger and better podcasts, um, I would like to think that I had some credit in oh, absolutely. helping put you at ease. I'll so. remember you, Abe. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Before we sign off on the show, anything you want to mention, promote, or let our listeners know about? Oh, this is kind of like that uh, YouTube show hot with ones? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they I eat the hot show. wings? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, promotion. Uh, you know, I think in all my busyness, uh, there's only one organization that I still actively currently work with, and it's uh, called Love Anaheim, and it's an organization that 
uh, helps. Uh, we, we started out with community service initiatives around the city. Uh, we hit all sorts of things. I think over the past uh, year, uh, well, at least from what we've been able to audit, I think we, we saved the city of Anaheim roughly about at least $200,000 in cash by offering volunteer services. Uh, we've helped uh, homeless people. We started an entirely new brand of services just to hit uh, homeless people. We've been able to uh, provide panhandlers, uh, two of them, uh, long-term employment over the past six months or so. So we're we're doing we're doing some really good work there, and we're always in need of volunteers and people to just kind of come out and show support and um, here and there. And so if you guys are interested, uh, www.loveanaheim.org, and we always have something going on. So. Um, yeah, please help us out in any way that you can. Awesome. And what I'll do too is on the show notes, I'll link to Love Anaheim so yeah. that people can know. And also when the Instagram post goes out for this episode, I'll also make a mention of it on there as well. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Abe. Much appreciated. Yeah, no Anything I can do to help a good cause. So with that being said, Mr. Tim Park, thank you once again for being on the show. Hopefully it wasn't as painful as the 2015 LA Marathon. Oh, very few things will ever hit that level of pain. Fair enough. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, Stay tuned for the next episode of What the Run. Until next time, happy running, my friends, and see ya. See ya. Hey, are you still listening? Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of What the Run. If you liked it, please help spread the word about the show. You can direct your friends to either my website, whattherunshow.com, or your friends can also listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. If you have any feedback for me, I want to make things better and right for you. So on my website, whattherunshow.com, I have a comments feedback or suggestions box toward the bottom of my homepage fill it out and let me know what you think of the podcast but until the next episode keep running my friends and i'll see you at the finish line